1: Ahoy, awesome alliance of alert and adorable attendees. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 106. And of course, I am your humble host, Karen. And we are your bumbling but barely beastly bunch of brain buffs. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And no, Chris this week, he is in Boston at pax pax east the video game convention and he already told me that uh some good job brain fans already recognized yeah. him oh, and oh, said awesome. hi so very very cool before we start the show yes we have a giant correction segment um actually um actually what you said just
2: wasn't true um actually do you mind if i correct you because actually factually and quite enthusiastically i was right and you were wrong that's exactly what inspired me to write this um actually
1: song
2: you were wrong
1: we have a big um actually 2 episodes ago in our April Fools episode. Chris is not here. It was actually his mistake. That's uh, why <laughs> he's not here. He talked about some of the famous April Fools right, jokes right. around the world. And one of them was from a news segment. Uh, It was about the spaghetti farmers. And he said it was the Swedish spaghetti farmers, but actually it's the Swiss. And none of us caught it. No. It was kind of embarrassing, but at the same time, like, when I was fact-checking it, when I was editing it, I was like, ah, it's Swiss. But I didn't want to take out the whole segment because it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: We apologize to two countries.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> whoops so thank you guys for uh, all your emails and posts telling us that we got it wrong thank you very much alright then let's jump into our first general trivia segment pop quiz hot shot! here I have a random trivial pursuit card oh no alright uh, and you guys have your barnyard buzzers. Yes, I just see yeah. the first question. Well, are, pi- are there pictures or something? No, I just see or... the first question. Okay. I was like, I'm going to botch right. this up. All right. So Colin versus Dana. Here we go. <laughs> oh, boy. Blue Wedge for Geography. I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong. In what country is the town of Landfair, Pula, goger Chiwano Drobe, Willan, Gosh located... <laughs> Oh. I'm gonna guess yeah.
2: uh, based on based on your laughter and the mangling uh, Wales. It sounds like a, yes. it sounds like a mangled Welsh name. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Lots
1: of L's and G's. Lots of and double Y's. letters. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Do they have the correct
1: pronunciation on there in parentheses? Not. Oh, that's not helpful. Yeah. I mean, you... I could have I could have like researched it how to really pronounce it right, but I think that would that's not random. Yeah. You know, and what and you're not gonna do that mm-hmm. in the middle
2: of your Trivial Pursuit game yeah. at home.
1: It is Welsh for Saint Mary's Church in the Hollow of White. Hazel near a rapid whirlpool in the Church of St. Tissilio of the Red Cave. <laughs> Very so, descriptive. So it sounds helpful. like a yeah. Game of Thrones thing. So, yeah. <laughs> they want to make sure you don't confuse caves. it with the next town There's over.
0: There's another one, not by a whirlpool, but as, <laughs> as,
1: as <laughs> by a moderate pool. Yeah. Alright, Pink Wedge for pop culture. Name two of the three Jonas Brothers.
2: Uh, <laughs> maybe together yeah. we can...
1: Okay, Dana? Nick, Nick and Joe? Nick and Joe. Oh,
2: okay. Well, that's all we Kevin. had to do is two with wait, the three, wait, right? Well, what's the other one? the, other only, one the only one I knew There's was Joe. The only one I knew was Joe. Oh, yeah.
1: Kevin, Joe, and Nick. All right. Yeah. All right. Yellow wedge. Name two of the four. There's a lot of name blank out of blank. Good. Name two of the four U.S. presidents who have won a Nobel Peace Prize.
2: Okay. We could do this together, yeah. too. So Barack Obama, Barack Obama, Obama. right? Ding, 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 ding. Uh,
0: Bill Clinton. Did he win? Um, no. rah, 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 yeah. um
2: Jimmy Carter? Yes. Uh, yeah. For uh ding, 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 ding. Yeah.
0: Nobel Peace
2: Nobel Prize. Nobel Peace Prize. Carter, Obama. Uh, Maybe like oh like Roosevelt? Yeah, like Theodore which Roosevelt. Which one? Theodore?
1: Th- yes. Yeah. And one last one. Who? Woodrow Wilson. Ah. Interesting. Okay. Oh,
0: I guess that kinda of makes
1: sense.
2: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good list. Okay. Wilson, sure. Roosevelt, Obama, Carter. Okay. I'm trying to see if I can come up with a mnemonic. Yeah, Cow
1: R. No, Cow R. Crow, Crow, Cow R. Cow. Well, if only there was something that made more sense <laughs> than
2: with cow the letters C R. C-R-O-W. Oh well, O-W. yeah, we'll come back to that. In cow time.
1: R. <laughs> Carter, Roosevelt. Obama Wilson. Okay. Crow. The
2: Crow Nobel. All right. Okay. All right. I like Crow, that. Crow Bell. Crow Bell. Crow
1: Bell Peace Prize. <laughs> 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 On the fly. We're <laughs> just loosen up. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's see. Purple Wedge. What structure did the Chrysler building surpass in 1929 as the tallest building in the world?
2: 1929 surpassed. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, would it be, uh, Eiffel Tower? What do you think, Dana? We'll do a team answer. Was the Eiffel Tower the tallest? I guess, or maybe it was. I mean, I know the Brooklyn Bridge was tallest for one point. For at one point, Hmm. although at Eiffel Tower
1: sure well, since when are we voting it's a, yeah, it's, a team it's more it's a team. collaborative okay. yeah, so yeah. is it is us. the eiffel tower okay right. and we actually yes. have this uh once in trivia uh which building is taller the eiffel tower or the space needle right in seattle right. and eiffel it's tower? eiffel
2: tower i
1: knew that oh. i got voted down yeah we, we all thought we like oh well space needle is a more modern structure oh. probably is. yeah okay. <laughs> all right yeah. green wedge for science when was the computer mouse patented? Mm. 1970, uh-huh. 1978, or 1984?
2: Oh, I think it's the earliest. 70, 78, 70
1: 84.
2: 70. I think it was like one of those 70. like like Xerox PARC labs. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I, I would say that whatever the earliest one is, yeah.
1: You are correct, yeah. Colin. 1970, the first computer designed to use a mouse came out in 1973. Okay. All right, last question. Orange wedge for sports and leisure. What popular toy was first introduced as the Power Drencher? The Super Soaker? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Of course. must be. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, guys, we're so
1: close. Oh,
2: yeah. Is there any way power we can get some drencher. alliteration in here? Yeah. We just
1: yeah. need some. some... <laughs>
2: the Power Drencher. Like, if you were going to make a knockoff of the Super Soaker, it would like, be you, the power you would call drencher. it yeah, the Power Drencher. Yeah.
1: That's great. Super Soaker. Correct. <laughs> And we have uh, a lope trotter question. Lope trotters are our fan club members who bought a fan club pack last year. Is from Liam. What was the lucky loony? This is actually a sports related thing, so I don't know. Oh. If Colin, you, it sounds you've heard Canadian.
2: It. it does sound. I would agree with that
0: because they're money. Looney, yes. Yeah, Looney is a Canadian Looney. coin. Something with
2: a duck. If it's sports, is it something with? Well, if you're if you're giving me the sports hunting? clue, I'm gonna go hockey. Correct. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, man, we're getting in probably like the the, uh, the the most shallow area of my sports knowledge, which is uh, hockey. I don't know. Uh, that's. I think that's as far as we can get. It. Uh, so a lucky shot in a big game, maybe or something. Is it
0: like
1: the coin flip? The coin is actually. It is referring to the coin. Oh, the coin it is. is. Lucky. Oh, okay.
2: Oh, 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 oh. Was this the 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 coin flip for the team that got the rights to draft somebody or something like that? no nope. Okay, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs> you were so excited. Uh, I, was, uh, I thought with I was on to something Okay. So in 2002, the mm-hmm. Winter Olympics, mm-hmm. uh, there was for, for the hockey or for the rink, they had a consultant, Dan Craig, and he's from Edmonton, Canada. Him and his whole team were there to be consultants. And what they did was they hid a coin, a loony coin. At first, it was a dime, but it was a little bit too small to see. They hid a loony coin in the middle of the rink Ah. underneath the ice and didn't tell anybody about it except for the Canadian teams. That year, both men and women's team won. Mm. Huh. And so that coin was dug up and then uh, it was it was just g- got really popular they even did reprints of the coin even of though course. it's just a looney. Right, right. <laughs> Cuz it was like, you know, sports Which is and which is a,
2: a $1 coin is that
1: what that is? I think so. Yeah, because there's the toonie, oh. <laughs> which is the $2. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. So okay. that is the Lucky loony 2002 Winter Olympics, which is probably
2: yeah. somewhere in the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame today. No, they
1: gave it to Wayne Gretzky. Oh. They actually gave the coin the re- the actual coin, but they also remade a bunch of them. Nice. The Lucky Looney. Well, thank you, Liam. That was a very Canadian heavy or <laughs> yeah. hockey heavy fact. That yeah, that's a good one. Us yeah. all. That's a good one. All right. So this week there's a lot of stuff going on. There's Coachella, which is the music festival that's going on. Um, there's PAX, which is the video game stuff going on. There's Easter is mm-hmm. coming up. It seems know, like it's a really festive time. So this week we decided to explore the world of partying and celebration <sighs> and f- festivities yeah. spring break is coming up oh spring break when, is coming yeah. up that's true so uh time to party <laughs> make up your mind sweet baby right here right now is all we got a little party never
3: killed nobody so we gonna dance until we drop, drop, drop. Mm-hmm. a little party never killed nobody right
1: here right now is all we got it's keep
2: all right, I will get us going with a little uh, party for the brains, if you will.
1: <laughs> sounds super
2: cool. <laughs> <laughs> you party animal, you. <laughs> uh, you guys can do this as a team if you want. only okay. two of you here. Will, uh, you know, relax the rules a little bit. Okay. Um, I've noticed that uh, I was doing you know, uh, kind of just some brainstorming research as I always do for the show, and I noticed that a lot of uh, party terminology uh, are loanwords, or very common terms we get from other languages. Oh,
1: so I've got okay.
2: a, a few choice uh, select samples here for you. These are terms that we hear all the time that we may not know the meanings of oh okay okay. from different languages from different languages well from at least uh three languages yes (laughs) (laughs) um pinata so we will uh we'll get started here warm up your brains together so uh when you guys are invited to a party often be asked to rsvp so please please enlighten us and tell us what does rsvp stand for Respondez, s'il vous plaît. You guys, you, yeah. you, so close, very close. It's yeah, yeah. It's, it's répondez. répondez. Re, oh, re, respond. Yeah, but fair enough. I will absolutely give you guys... Please respond. I'll give you credit for that one. That's right. Uh, répondez s'il vous plaît. Please respond. Unless otherwise stated on the invitation, you guys may or may not know that, you know, the really strict etiquette is oh. means respond either way. Yeah. You know, it doesn't just mean it, let me know if you're coming. It means let me know if you're coming or if you're not coming so i uh, can plan okay.
1: yeah so like weddings
2: weddings especially things That's like super that parties formal. or
1: whatever yeah you're if like, you're
2: following oh. like the really formal you know like we talked about emily post on the show mm-hmm. you know she's like it's it's like bad etiquette not Nowadays. to respond
1: oh. maybe or you yeah, say maybe. you're going and you don't show up <laughs> yeah cuz you're like i'm too tired <laughs> Flame. Yeah. i
0: feel like with like a, We're internet. In a generation of flakes. we just say yes is i don't want to look like a jerk
2: by being in the no list, yeah. yeah, I would say most of the people who select like, yes show up.
1: I'm always like, that sounds fun, that sounds fun, yes, yeah. I'll go, yes, I go. And then Wednesday comes, I was like, I'm tired. There's like a 60% chance, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's better than 50 yeah. 50. Yeah. Horrible.
2: <laughs> so let's assume that you do, in fact, uh, go ahead and attend that party, yeah. uh, and you show up, it's a fancy party. And when you arrive, you are served with some hors d'oeuvres. All right. Oh. Get, your, get your appetite going there. So uh, you guys, I'm sure, correctly assume that this is a French term. Correct. Uh, yes. You're not getting points we, for that. You're okay. not getting points for it has assuming it's French. an apostrophe in it. It does. It does. I'll even spell it for you if you'd like. It's yeah. uh, H-O-R-S-D-apostrophe-O-U-V-R-E-S. Okay. I know. So, what, so the question, as you can probably guess, is what does hors d'oeuvres mean in mm-hmm. French?
1: Okay, I think, oh no, that's oofs. I was like, I think that means egg. Mm. Uh, it sounds like it, but it's not the same word. Oh, mm-hmm. man. You know what? I know amuse-bouche. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. I don't know it's what hors d'oeuvre is. teaser. It. Yeah. No. You mouth, probably know. Mouth pleasure. <laughs> you, you probably yeah. have heard
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. mouth pleasurer. <laughs> be- <laughs> so hors d'oeuvre means outside the main work, out, outside okay. the main dish. Outside. So if, if the main dish is the primary work of the meal, these are things uh, uh, aside from the main course. Which one
1: is the work? Which uh word? oof.
2: Okay. Yeah, and then or is outside. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay.
2: At New Year's Eve parties, yep. uh particularly in English speaking countries, uh there's a good chance that at the stroke of oh. midnight, you'll hear people singing "Auld Lang Syne." Oh. Yeah. So tell me, what does "Auld Lang Syne" oh. mean? It's Latin. Yeah, it's it? not well, Latin. Is it? Gr- it does sound German. Latin. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of it. It was written by Robert Burns, one of his uh, most famous compositions. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's Scots. Okay,
1: something it's about bl- the times. Yeah, yeah, Song of the times. I'll, I'll give
2: it to you. I'll yeah. give it to you. It's like times gone by, yeah. like like days gone by. <laughs> so poetic. Time times long ago. So in Scots, it would literally translate most closely. Auld lang syne would be old long since.
1: Okay. Da, 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 da. is it that song that's the okay. song that's no. the one I was what song What's are they the talking team? about
2: which he kind of which he kind of put the words to an existing tune okay. you know so it was like that 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 melody is an old melody that we sort of paired oh, with kind all of alongside. like
1: um our national anthem right yeah that's right star uh, spangled banner that's Happy right. birthday right yeah 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 an
2: existing tune they put words to it also mm-hmm. yep exactly all right last one you might spot this item at a children's birthday party and though it is usually associated with Mexican culture, pinata.
1: Oh, yeah. the
2: name itself is ultimately derived from an Italian word for pine cone. What am I talking about, oh,
1: Karen? Pinata. Yes, uh, piñata. Yeah, sorry, I ruined yeah. it in the beginning of the show. I was like, I know piñata.
2: I'm pretty impressed, though. You right off the bat, yeah, you knew piñata was going to be there. Well, uh, so yeah. do you know
1: piñatas used to not be like paper mache animals? Yes. They used to be a clay pot that kids would oh. beat up
2: You are absolutely and- right
1: it would shatter into a bunch of pieces with kids running around. Yeah. That seems
2: easier to break. Well, than it's not glass. Like it's not like, you know, it's clay. But
1: still. Uh,
2: no, you were absolutely trying right. Trying fish
1: through the candies through yeah. shards <laughs> of like, pottery. Uh, 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 uh.
2: Uh, yeah, no, the, the, the sort of the modern piñata that we have, like that practice was introduced to Mexico by the Spanish. The original practice, yeah, before they started getting fancier and more decorated yeah. was it would be a fairly simple just kind of earthenware clay pot. Yeah. Nice. It seems like it's one of these Things where like sort of the European Spanish style tradition meshed well with some existing traditions. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of cultures – I mean, it's sort of simple. A lot of cultures have some variation on the hitting an object with treats inside um, uh, celebration.
1: That's right. One of the segments I was going to talk about – I was going to do like a history of – Pin the tail on the donkey, which I oh, couldn't really yeah. find that much about it, but mm, mm. a lot of different cultures have a similar game. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, you know, we put the tail on the donkey, but in Japan, they put like eyebrows on the guy, you know, it's, it's really, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's, that's funny. And of course, there's a, a tradition where you beat the crap out of a yeah, thing and they can't get something out. good out
0: of the middle. It sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well done,
0: guys. Speaking of Mexican Aztec culture, they were the first people who made animal-shaped balloons.
2: Whoa! But they would take- Out of- I'm afraid to ask out of what? Guess. I mean, out of intestines. Like, intestines. It's got to be intestines. Okay. So,
0: from small animals, and they had a special thread and they'd sew it up, and then they'd blow some air into it and twist it a bit and let it harden in the sun, and then put more air in it and twist it more and let it oh. harden. Because if you think about working with guts or crystal, <laughs> it would be really hard to blow it up and yeah. twist it so and there's ensure a whole that process. it's like airtight. Yeah. yeah. And then they'd do some like religious rites with it, and they'd make them into the shape of dogs or or some kind of, like a special kind of donkey,
1: <laughs> which is awesome. I would imagine then the balloon animals back then, they were hard. They're not flexible, bouncy. They're like, yeah, almost like a statue or like a yeah, sculpture. Or, or like
2: a, yeah, like a paper mache almost, it sounds oh. like. But it's
0: a bladder that's been inflated. <laughs> in mm, what a fun child's toy. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so the rubber balloons, though, where did those come from? They were, it was for scientific research. Oh, uh, really? This guy invented it like in- capturing
2: vapors or something
0: he's doing experiments with hydrogen the gas and so he took some some rubber and he made two rounds he put some flour between them he sealed the edges ah. and then he forced he- uh, hydrogen into it and floated and he's ah. like whoa look at that And then the next year, they made uh, balloons commercially available to people. There was a kit and it had like a jar of rubber, liquid rubber (laughs) and a syringe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, weird.
0: It wasn't until the late 1800s that they, they got it going and you could get them from like Montgomery Ward's catalogs and became a huge novelty. Right around the Depression, actually, they started that's when they really started you
1: know, kids want captured air. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like the cheapest. They're oh, yeah. so neat though. So- yeah, they are.
0: <laughs> so the modern balloons, most of the rub like the rubber ones are actually made out of latex. And so you fill them up with helium. They leave the atmosphere – they they freeze when they get into the really cold air. Oh, really? And then they break up and become really thin spaghetti-like strips of – and yeah. then when they go to the ground, they, they're biodegradable. They're like <gasps> pieces of leaves.
1: Oh, oh that's so, good. Okay. So it's less,
0: less terrible. All right. I'm going to start way. releasing even more balloons every <laughs> yeah. day Because yeah, I think
1: about when I go to Disneyland, which is a lot, I see all the kids like crying because yeah. they actually left the, the yeah. Mickey ear balloons out floating that is, in the that air. Is and I be like hear, where do actually? they go?
0: They'll probably return to the earth at some okay. point. Okay. Yeah. But they freeze. That's
1: interesting.
2: That is really yeah. cool. I did that once as a kid. I wrote like, with my dad's help, he helped me like I wrote like a message uh, and like we like you know weatherproofed it and tied it to a helium balloon and just released it. And then you know and it's like what? if you find this, you know, call us at uh, whatever Aww. and and then nothing happened. Of course like you know we never heard anything it's, about it. It again, probably broke but, up
0: into uh, little pieces. Yeah
2: nobody could oh, read the it. note yeah. yeah the note did. Also man I just the odds of the odds of it landing like on land you know yeah near a human or are... <laughs> who will
0: entertain that yes I want to do it
1: some putting...
2: walrus somewhere I'll let you know if I ever hear back from the balloon
1: <laughs> I want to
2: know <laughs> it's been
1: how long it's
2: been it's been over 20 years <laughs> I, I probably not gonna hear back at this point
1: so I want to talk about a party. Uh, that we probably are all familiar with, but uh, for, like me, I, I've heard about it, but I don't know the details. It's coming up. It's uh, going to be in August, okay. and it's La Tomatina. You oh. Heard of it. oh, yes, it's the yeah. tomato fight. Festival. Right. In yeah.
2: Spain. Right. I've seen this on, on cable.
1: Where thousands of people join in throwing tomatoes at each other. And they just, Sounds
2: just fun. trucks and trucks and trucks, trucks. full of tomatoes. Right? This is
1: like on my bucket list. This is amazing. <laughs> like I, it. one day I'm gonna do it. So La Tomatina occurs in the town of Buñol, which is uh, near Valencia. So participants join in and they basically just Hit each other with tomatoes, and the whole street's just covered with smushed tomatoes and tomato juice. And people look so happy; all of their clothes are drenched, <laughs> yeah, yeah. red. It looks kind of oh. bloody, but it's not <laughs> all the tomato juice. It's so fascinating, and there's so many other festivals that are kind of like like this, and like you know, kind of like a fight, a fun fight, yeah. fight. There's a
2: big water fight one in Thailand. In
1: Thailand, yeah. there's Holi, the Indian one with the cornstarch that's colored. Yeah, the yeah. color, the color yes, festival. Yeah, right. And so when I. First read about the tomato festival, I thought it was like, oh, it must be some sort of religious thing because Holy is and mm-hmm. I the the water fight one is too. Actually, Tomatina not religious at all. Oh, it isn't. It isn't. There's there's no real good origin story that's confirmed of how it started. One theory is there was like a, just a parade in the street and there was this one guy who fell off a float and got really angry. And there was a vegetable stand. So, in in his rage, uh-huh. he you uh-huh. know flipped over the stand, and you know was uh, I don't know. Yeah, other- I, I agree, with yeah. Dana. My
2: my skepticism alert is up. The other yeah. theory
1: is is even crazier. There was like a another kind of town celebration, where people are out in the square, out on streets, and there are these uh, vermins eating some food or whatever, <laughs> and this one guy. Decided to throw a tomato to like shoo off the animal <laughs> and and accidentally hit a guy and the guy was like what you threw a tomato I'm gonna throw a tomato back oh, and it became yeah. a that
2: does sound equally one,
1: I like that one better yeah, yeah they yeah. both
2: sound they both sound really
1: kind of uh, weak explanations to me <laughs> or really it's just an excuse for a couple of kids to throw tomatoes at yeah, it. yeah. Right. It seems like right. that's kind of how um, long has it been going on it started around 1940s. Okay, okay. So it's not super old. Not super okay. So it's not that traditional. Okay. Okay. Um, um, and you might think it might be traditional. It's like, oh, related to the harvest or I, something. That and was always not.
2: my assumption. Like it, it evolved out of some, you know, tribute to some saint or some harvest festival. and No,
1: no, no. So the next year, I mean, according to both theories, the next year, the same kids showed up and they started throwing, they brought their own tomatoes <laughs> uh-huh. this time and threw <laughs> tomatoes at each other and just more people 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 joined in, and at first, you know, for the first probably decade, the police had to break people up. Um, It wasn't it wasn't like, oh, this looks like a fun thing. It's like, no, you're posing threat and danger to people of this town. (laughs) But people just kept showing up every year around this time and throwing tomatoes at each other and just kind of grew and grew and grew. Finally, in the 80s, late 70s, early 80s, the town was like Let's embrace this. It took 30 years, yeah, <laughs> for them to make it official. That's a long time. Yeah, it's oh. a long time for
2: them to miss out on cashing in yeah. on tourism, and
1: then. A- so the town hall decided, like, okay, this is going to be a town-sponsored event. We're going to organize it. This is how party day. Tomato throwing day. This is the the, the itinerary. Oh, okay, uh-huh. all right. I thought it was just a whole day of chucking tomatoes at each other. No, there's like a certain schedule. It would get old, I would think. Itinerary. Uh huh. 10 a.m. Festivities begin with the first event of Tomatino, which is called <laughs> which is called the ham pole. Sure. The Palo Yambone, right? <laughs> ham. Oh um, the ham pole. Ham. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. The pork product Got ham. Uh-huh. Got the ham pole, of course. Sure. It's a pole, like a flagpole, that's greased up and there's a ham <laughs> on the top <laughs> of the pole. <laughs> And the goal is for people to climb the grease pole to reach the ham and make the ham fall to the ground. Okay. Th- okay. And that, that
2: is sort of a common event at a lot a, of traditional a tall festivals. Pole is, yeah. A yeah. Flag uh-huh.
1: Or something. Right. Right. Um, you know, people are already drunk. They're dancing. They're singing, waiting for the ham to drop. <laughs> yeah. <like a> <laughs> <and> drops. <laughs> uh, the ham drops and that's. The beginning of the tomato throwing. That signifies when the, the start. When the ham hits the ground, <laughs> it gets real. Yeah. Um, there is like sometimes a gun or some sort of sound effect i would be like, okay, ham, ham is, we have confirmed. Ham is on the ground. Ham is on the ground. Repeat. <laughs> 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 they have uh, tomatoes in trucks mm-hmm. already and you know, everybody's gearing up and they start throwing tomatoes for exactly one hour. Uh-huh. Okay. One hour and exactly one hour later. They will signify that this is the time to stop and everybody stops. So really, depending on how good the ham catcher is or whatever the ham faller, you're probably done by that, noon. That, you know,
2: honestly, like an hour, a solid hour of like throwing tomatoes and being hit by tomatoes, I'd probably be done as well. Yeah. Mm,
1: yep. Then they have water hoses and stuff Got for it. everybody for the whole street. Then it's, to a right, then it's a water party. Right. Just well, giant, slash, giant
2: yeah. bags of chips. And then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Eat salsa yeah, off yeah, of you each just other. Scrape yeah, scrape it off yourselves. So, well, that's the thing. Actually, um, they're grown specifically for for tomatina for tomatina they're, they're <laughs> cheaper and they have a you know the taste is not as good as <laughs> right these, these are throwing quality yes. tomatoes yeah there are five main rules all right to, it's like fight club huh. first rule of tomato throwing club huh the tomatoes have to be squashed before you throw them, oh. okay. you cannot throw a fully whole tomato. You gotta. Because um, that hurts. Yep, yep. You gotta soften it up. Interesting. That's better. Not All right. allowed to just hurt people. Makes sense. It's also juicier when it hits yeah. them. It's, so also, it's better. Because yeah. mm. if it just <laughs> bounces off of you, it doesn't yeah. have Good the point. Same. Number two. No other projectiles except tomatoes <laughs> are That's allowed. Fair. Yeah. You know, they
2: just like, like they had to, some jerk is like sticking like coins and rocks oh, in no. like the middle of his yeah. tomatoes. Like, Laser no, blades. just yeah. tomatoes, buddy.
1: There's a similar festival that where you throw oranges in Italy, Ow. I believe. Yeah. That I don't know if you have more, to Yeah. Squash think. those, but like tomatoes are, are softer. Okay. Yeah. Number three, tomato fight club. Uh, participants have to give way to the trucks and the trucks are huge. They carry like, uh, I think, uh, the numbers are 150,000 <laughs> tomatoes. Okay. Single tomatoes over 40 metric tons. Seems fair. Okay. Yeah. Stay out of the, way the trucks. Don't get in the
0: traffic. Okay.
1: <laughs> number yeah. number 4 makes <laughs> makes sense. Festival doesn't allow ripping off t-shirts. <laughs> I can Sick. see that being a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you
0: get caught up in the and mob you grab frenzy. people, yeah.
1: Now, does that
2: also include like Hulk Hogan style? Like, can I That's, rip off my own t-shirt? That is probably if I d- what it yeah. was for. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like, <laughs> keep your shirt Stop on. flexing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Last rule of Tomato Fight Club. After the second shot signifying the end, no tomatoes can be thrown. Right. Or you will get in trouble. So in just the last year, they actually had to limit the Tomato Festival because, you know, it was really – it's fun. It sounds super fun. Lots yeah. of tourists come and uh they had to finally limit mm. the number of people. Mm. So uh 5,000 tickets are allotted to locals of the town. Okay. And then three times that, 15,000 tickets allotted to foreigners. Wow. So that just gives you a sense of how many tourists come. To this small town in Spain. Just to flood
2: this one main street. Just to and, hurl tomatoes
1: yeah. at each other. Um, and now they even have like a online kind of a buy your ticket online and stuff. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, sponsored by this. Wow. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, you know, whatever. But it seems How like fun. a fun party. I think it's going to be on my on my bucket list. Nice. I'm going to do right. that. If you have been to the Tomato Festival. Yeah, let us know. Send us a photo. Yes. Sounds super fun. Maybe that's our next meetup. Who? Is a tomato. What? That would be crazy. That'd be awesome. (laughs) All right. Let's take a, a quick break. A word from our sponsor.
3: you're listening to Good Job Brain. Smooth puzzles, smart trivia. Good job, brain.
1: And speaking of a good time at party, I have a little mini quiz about Party inventions Okay party <laughs> inventions yes okay inventions are things that you see at a party to facilitate party
2: having all if right you will. I have one in particular I'm hoping that you'll talk about but I'll, okay. I'll wait I'll see okay. it. yeah okay. yeah okay. All, right. all right
1: So here we go. <laughs> it's all kind of scientific. <laughs> That's where my mind is at. All right what party related item comes in various widths and sometimes features a concertina type hinge?
2: Ah, uh, item comes in various widths.
0: I was thinking disco ball, but I don't know. The oh, concert. concertina
1: is a type of instrument.
2: Mm-hmm. The piano, different widths, hinge, hinge like the little noisemakers, party hat. Different widths. Mm, different widths is what's throwing me.
1: It is a drinking straw. Uh, oh. oh, it's the little bendy straw It's the, the bendy straw that uh, what the industry calls an articulated straw. We call it a bendy straw. <laughs> that type of hinge, the little accordion uh-huh, style uh-huh. concertina, is a accordion. Oh, accordion. Right. Mm-hmm. Ah,
2: of course. It's called a
1: concertina type hinge, and it comes in various widths, and they have different numbers assigned to the widths of. Uh, usually they're describing millimeters. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, And so you have something, standards is like 2.5 or 3 to like up to 15, which is kind of like a bigger than a boba straw.
3: <laughs> okay. So many, many yeah. wits.
1: All right, next question. So the Pillsbury Company, famous for their crescent rolls and uh-huh. frozen cookie dough and other frozen or ready-made baked goods. And, uh, dough and yeah. Yep, yep. They have the <laughs> doughboy as the company mascot. Uh-huh. what is his name oh oh isn't it poppin fresh yes yeah oh my god yeah. i read this i was like he has a name i That's thought it was right. yeah. Pillsbury doughboy poppin, poppin fresh poppin yeah. fresh no g poppin apostrophe yeah. and they have like fresh. like they use that in the
2: commercials right like poppin fresh dough or poppin fresh rolls yeah. or something i think
1: they they used it more in maybe
0: the 80s or 90s and in the sounds States. Very 90s yeah yeah poppin <laughs> fresh it oh does. it wasn't like a hip-hop thing oh, okay. it was like
1: like put, some little, yeah. put some little sunglasses It on. wasn't
0: like popping and locking in a fresh <laughs> way. It was like. <laughs> like the
1: rolls are pop, they're popping up. Yeah. Fresh. Yeah. yeah. Can you do the doughboy impression? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was hee oh. We're like freaking
2: people. Yeah.
1: All right. We'll stop making that noise it's in like there. Like all the Ears animals. The, cat, the cat's to...
2: looking at us like, what are you guys doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, next question. What decorative item is an example of demonstrating the fluid mechanics phenomenon called the RT instability? I have a hint. Oh, okay. The RT instability is an interface between two fluids of different densities that occur when the lighter fluid is pushing out the heavier fluid. Dana. Lava lamp. Yes. The lava lamp. All right, last question. Time Out London published a list of 100 ultimate party songs okay. oh. the song in the number one spot features 19 uh-ohs and 14 consecutive all rights and it's titular holler 25 times what song is this ah
2: uh, okay holler it's a party song
1: and it says all right and on so the title comes up 25 times
2: Oh, is it everybody dance now?
1: Nineteen uh-ohs uh oh's and fourteen consecutive uh, is it crazy all in love? No, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Number one party song. You hear it and you just want to dance. It's got to be something that's just like, what is it? Hey yeah. Uh, oh wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, it
2: know, goes into outcasts. Think- oh, okay. yep. That is, that's
1: the number one party song, established by Time Out London. Got it. All right, there you go. That was my yes. little mini party quiz. Excellent, good quiz.
2: So we talked uh, a few episodes ago, I think, about the uh, the nursery rhyme "Sing a Song of Sixpence." Uh-huh. You know, because uh, Dana, like, you know, you were talking about specifically how there was a story that it was a a, a pirate recruiting song. We yes. sing a
1: sing a song of sixpence. A pocket full of rye.
2: Four and twenty black blackbirds birds baked, baked in, in a pie. pie. Yeah,
1: it was like a they, pirate message.
2: That's what Snopes planted. Yeah. And like they had planted it like as a way to troll. People were stealing their yeah. information. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, there are actually a number of theories about what exactly this children's rhyme means, you know, that, oh, it's an allegory for political conflict, or it's mm-hmm. connected with the Reformation, and that although the verses are full of meanings, I'm not going to talk about what we know it isn't. I want to talk about what we do know. And- What we do know is that in the past, at fancy dinner parties, it was indeed a real thing to serve a pie with live birds inside. Oh Oh
0: my
1: god! just for fun. And you'd cut it open and birds fly out. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, you know, having the sexy girl in the birthday cake and they pop out. Like, oh, was yeah, so weird. It is kind of like that. You're right. Like
0: doves but or... it's grosser. You didn't bake the cake with the girl yeah, in it. how though. does that
1: work? So... Are they baking the pie with the live birds in it, like, slightly? Or are they bruleeing
2: <laughs> well, the top? I no. will tell you exactly how they would this pull off this feed. Right. Right. So, there's one particularly famous example uh, that's cited. Is uh, this from a cookbook? Well, so yes, this is from a cookbook. Uh, this is from an Italian cookbook, uh, in the mid 1500s. Oh uh, it okay. was translated into English in 1598, uh, and offers the quite detailed instructions on how to pull off this prank pie. Essentially, the, what the, the prank would be is, prank, what the serving is, is <laughs> yeah. you bake a tiny, real little pie, smaller than a normal pie, and you get that along with some real birds inside of a larger shell, So you cut it open, the birds fly out, but then there still is at least something in the middle for you to
1: eat. if it's covered with bird poop. I know. I don't want to eat a pie that like weird birds have been standing on. Birds in distress have been marching over.
0: (laughs)
2: Stressing (laughs) out poop. What could be more sanitary? I mean, so uh, here are some (laughs) some, uh, selections from the recipe. Quote, to make pies that the birds may be alive in them and fly out when it is cut up, and I'll, I'll summarize the intro to the recipe. Pretty, basically, what you start with a, a larger than normal pie shell, uh, yeah. which they call a coffin. Okay. Uh, you start pre-baked. With, yeah, and uh, the recipe I'm quoting here. Then, having a pie of the bigness of the hole in the bottom aforesaid, you shall put into it. Round about the aforesaid pie, as many small live birds as the empty coffin will hold, besides the pie aforesaid, which he's uh, referring to the small real pie that you would have. Stuff as many
1: birds in there as possible and fit the small pie. Okay.
2: Yes. And this is to be done at such time as you send the pie to the table. So right before you serve it, Got you know, it. you know, they're, they're sort of, you minimize the time yeah. in there and set before the guests where uncovering or cutting up the lid of the great pie, all the birds will fly out, which is to delight and pleasure <laughs> show to the company. <laughs>
0: the birds like attack
2: you shall cut open the small pie and in this sort you may make many others and serve as you would a tort so it's like sorry okay. I scared you with the birds here's the real pie inside all right sure why the hell are people baking birds into pies like why is this even a thing why are you going to the efforts of, of pranking your guests like this and I did a little bit of research into this and and I, I admit the whole thing still sounds rather absurd and it is but it makes a little more sense in, in a larger context okay all right so if you you were attending like a fancy dinner party uh, in Europe, you know, like nobility or royals or just well-to-do people. Um In the medieval era, you know, up even into the early Renaissance, you would frequently have many courses, uh-huh. and between the courses, they would often have what are called entremets, uh, which is from an old French term meaning between servings, okay. between courses, entremets. And the idea of the entremets was. Uh, Entertainment. entertainment, entertainment food. food. Okay. Entertainment um, food. What else? So yeah. these are things, you know, to amuse you, give a little bit of snack of some kind. And, you know, they think originally it, it probably just started as like really colorful or fanciful looking things, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe a little dessert or something brightly colored to kind of just grab your attention, cleanse the palate. But it got a little bit more elaborate and a little bit more elaborate and more and more spectacle. So, Karen, you asked like what were some what of the examples? What right. yeah. So A very common example was disguised foods. Oh. Okay, so a lot of the entremont were really focused on foods made to look like one thing but taste like another. Oh,
1: okay. Like okay. meatloaf cake. Tofurky. Yeah, yeah, okay. like
2: the meatloaf cake. Like, So you might have some sweet, something really dessert-like or bready yeah. made to look up like a, a savory or a roast chicken or something. Or That's awesome! You might serve the meat of one animal stuffed into the skin of another animal. So turducken. Yeah. Yep. They would do elaborate things with birds like swans or, or peacocks even where... You would cook it, dress it, get all the meat prepared, and then refit it with the oh, original gross. plumage so gross. it's wheeled out to you, sort of looking lifelike with the plumage, but it's cooked. There would, there would be a lot of uh, little scenes created, you know, like that, that had particular meaning to the host or maybe the guest of honor. You know, it might be a recreation of a castle or a recreation of a little battle okay, scene, you know, all made out of food. Like a Really diorama. like a diorama that you could eat. <laughs> Some of the some of the most intriguing examples to me, like, they sound like something out of a mad magazine version of Game of Thrones. (laughs) Like they're just silly. So my my personal favorite is a scene that's brought out. It's a roasted chicken suited up to look like a medieval knight. So, okay, little roasted chicken complete with little paper helmet. Little paper lance riding a roasted piglet like a horse <laughs> riding into battle. Like anything else involving nobility and people with money showing off and trying to one up each other. It just escalated to extreme heights. Like it really was about the entertainment value and. A very common recurring thing that would be done would baking things into pies,
1: did uh, they put other animals in the pies, oh yeah, like yeah, cats
2: it could be as big as you wanted to make the pie. It was reported <laughs> uh, that at a reception in the seventeenth century, the Duke of Buckingham had prepared for his guests a uh, a fake pie concealing. Jeffrey Hudson, who was a famous little person at oh, the time among oh, the courts of Europe no. and was friends with the guests that the Duke was celebrating. This is where
1: the sexy girl from the birthday <laughs> yeah, cake. Yeah. from. Yeah,
2: you know what? I think that's probably the, the, the closest thing to the sexy lady popping out of the cake is Jeffrey Hudson popping out of a pie at a celebration <laughs> by the Duke of Buckingham. Yes. No. So I think in that larger context... Four and twenty blackbirds baked in a pie. I'm like, yeah, you know what? NBD. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. They didn't even bake them in there. Yeah. They were not baked in. That's right. Which explains how they could still be alive and fly out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's weird.
2: Yeah. So keep that in mind next time time you hear that nursery rhyme.
1: A lot of time in their hands. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never
0: heard that before.
2: Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken?
0: Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality. Plus, tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes, we even do sports.
2: Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality.
1: And speaking of a lot of time on their hands, <laughs> I have a lot of time in my hands. Because in our final party quiz, I've brought back Shakespeare Goes to a House Party. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, the premise of this quiz is I have written, I've picked famous big party song hits. Like when you go to a house party, they might be playing the song. Mm-hmm. And what I did is I wrote them into, uh, all except one, into Shakespearean Elizabethan English couplets. Okay. And I have a William Shakespeare fake fake spirit, reading them, backed with some fresh beats. Yay. (laughs) And uh, you guys will listen to what I wrote um, and try to name the line of the lyric. You can name the song or the artist you want, but specifically it is alluding to a famous line of a famous party song. Awesome. Okay. And see if you can identify them. Here we go. Let's start with the the non-rhyming, probably the easiest one so everybody gets a flavor of it. Hurry, mm-hmm. go, and buzz in with your answer.
3: Tis mine banquet, and fall with sorrow, mine eyes shall.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> it's, Dana. it's my party. party. And I'll cry if I want to. Yes. Yeah.
1: Who sang that? Was that... Um, uh... Uh... Leslie Gore. Oh, tis mine banquet and ball <laughs> with sorrow mine eyes shall. <laughs> it's my party, and I cry if I want to. Next one.
3: You there, good lad? Not any reason for lament, I say. Good lad, kneel up from that pavement.
1: Oh, uh, oh, you guys are quick. Yeah.
2: It's YMCA. YMCA, yeah. Yes, young well, man. There's you know, no need to feel down. I said, young man, pick yourself
1: off the ground. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> good. yeah,
1: you there, good lad. Not any reason for lament. I say, good lad, <laughs> kneel up from that pavement. Nice. <laughs> okay, this next one was a weird line of lyric. We'll see if everybody gets it. All right, here we go.
3: A jug of whiskey on my fangs. It will clean and burn. For when tis time to part this evening, I shan't return.
1: Okay. Dana. Is this Kesha? Yes. Yeah!
0: Oh! oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: The line yeah. is, uh, brush my teeth with a right. bottle of Jack. Right, right. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back.
2: Whiskey on yeah. my fangs.
1: Yeah. Whist I was like, I was like, fangs. well, bottle of Jack. I guess that's a jug of whiskey. Yeah. I didn't yeah. Have, like, they didn't really have. I like its fangs though. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I didn't want to say teeth, right? Uh. So that's the thing. When I, when I write these, I'm not doing one to one. Like I, I'm never going to repeat the yeah. words.
2: You got to make us work for it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one.
3: I beckon thee, let sweetness cascade down mine skin. Tis your affection I desire within
2: <laughs> Is it oh man, is it is this a deaf leopard? To pour some sugar on me. To pour some sugar
1: on me. Yes. Uh, pour some sugar on me. <laughs> Nice. Alright, and last one, probably my favorite one. Here we go. Mm-hmm.
3: The air hath ripened feverish in these parlors. I say, disrobe thine ensemble of coats and collars. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's nelly hot in her, hot
1: in <laughs> so her. take yeah. off all, all your, your
2: clothes, clothes.
0: i try nice. to make these all rhyme, That that's good
2: so. yeah that, that was, was good. good the rhyme into rhyme yeah wow. it, it pays off I
1: Feverish and like
2: lament parlors.
0: and pavement that was good <laughs> thank you
1: all right well you guys did very well that shakespeare goes to a house party thanks to william fakespeare and that is our show. Uh We'll be back next week with Chris in hand. In hand? No. <laughs> thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening to our show. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and also on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.